Lone Wolf. This is Wolf Den. It's Rambo, sir. We read you, Lone Wolf. What is your position? Over. John Rambo. Helicopter and language qualified. Expert in light weapons and guerrilla warfare. You don't seem to want to accept the fact that you're dealing with an expert, with a man who's the best. With guns, with knives, with his bare hands. In Vietnam, his job was to dispose of enemy personnel. To kill. Period. Well, Rambo was the best. He has demolished an American town and survived missions in Vietnam, Afghanistan, and Burma. Now he faces his biggest challenge. The now-playing Rambo retrospective series. You wish to test your strength. Good. Taking on Rambo will be Jacob. What you choose to call hell, he goes home. Brock. I'd just like to say that I feel with your participation, this mission has a better than average chance to succeed where others have failed. And Arnie. Who are you? Who are any of you? These conversations will reveal top secret information and contain harsh language. Listener discretion is advised. I didn't come here to rescue Rambo from you. I came here to rescue you from him. Today we're talking Rambo Last Blood, starring Sylvester Stallone, Paz Vega, Sergio Perez Mancheta, Adriana Barraza, Yvette Monreal, and directed by Adrian Grunberg. This is Brock, co-host of Now Playing. This is Arnie, and I'm gonna tear you apart. Oh, sorry guys, I was just resecuring one of the posts on my podcast tunnels. This is Jacob. No wonder you always get such great sound quality, Jacob. That's the best way to block out all the sounds Stuart and I have of police sirens <laughs> and lawnmowers. Subterranean. Yes, my elaborate trenches that I've built underneath my home. For fun. I mean, you had nothing better to do. You should see my foundry, too. I could make you some letter openers. I just blacksmithing away down there. <laughs> my wife loved the plant hanger. Thank you so much. <laughs> Welcome back to our Rambo retrospective. That's words I never thought I would say. 11 years after the last movie, and was it nine years since we recorded our original series? Yeah, it's become the new now playing curse. When we started the show, when we started our retrospectives anyway, back in 2009, the now playing curse was we'd review a series and the sequels would never, ever come out. Now the now playing curse has changed. We review a series that we think is dead. Oh my god, like a zombie, it will never die. I mean, Children of the Corn came back. How crazy is that? <laughs> the one that's blowing my mind is, Brock, you're going to be back later this year to talk fucking Black Christmas. Yeah, what is that? <laughs> Rambo, I thought it was dead after that fourth one, but... I guess I wasn't reading enough articles because Stallone has been talking about making another Rambo since 2008. Yeah, I read in Wikipedia, so however accurate that is, like, he's like, that fourth one is successful, there will be a fifth. And yeah, this has been in development for a very long time. Different scripts, one where he fights basically Idris Elba from Hobbs and Shaw, a genetically engineered human, which sounds crazy for this franchise, but lots of ideas were out there. I guess Rambo... The 2008 film was successful enough on a $50 million budget. Globally, it made $113 million. Successful enough to get a sequel 11 years later. <laughs> also, the, this had to be greenlit after Creed's success, right, too? Because we, we talked about this back in the day when we recorded this original series that Rocky Balboa was surprisingly well-received, right? And so, they, of course, he brought back Rambo again. But even though that Rambo movie was already in development before Rocky, right? Well, this now with Creed, all the heat on that, why wouldn't he think about come back? I was wrong again because, as you just mentioned, 
mentioned, I read the same thing. This movie's been around in development for 10 years, so none of this factors come true at all. I guess what really did was they decided we'll make it because of those other movies, but he was planning this for a very long time. The question is, what made him pull the trigger? No pun intended. (laughs) (laughs) I gotta think part of this is our... 80s action heroes are all pretty washed up these days, aren't they? I mean, Sylvester Stallone, we've reviewed the Creed movies, we liked him in it, but you look at some of the other stuff that he's been working on, I couldn't believe Escape Plan was a trilogy of films that iTunes tried to sell me. (laughs) Does he appear in all three? I know he comes back in the second one. Is he in the third one? Yeah. Wow. But those are direct-to-video, aren't they? They're not released theatrically. Exactly. In this country, that should be said. Oh, okay. Internationally, Arnold and Sly still bring in pretty big money. I mean, you wouldn't think of Arnold Schwarzenegger still being a box office draw based upon his recent American films, but they do great overseas. Yeah, this movie did get Chinese backing. Like, they're going to bring it out there, and it'll probably make a ton of money. And even The Expendables. I know they're talking about a fourth one, and they had the trilogy, and they have their fans, but these aren't huge films like they used to make. And I think that's why we're seeing our action heroes go back to the well. We're going to, in just a couple weeks, be discussing very old Arnold Schwarzenegger in a Terminator film trying to explain to me how a robot ages and here we're back at Rambo I think it's going back to those there's something else I noticed though that I didn't put together when we did our Rambo retrospective series the pattern wasn't there the first trilogy of Rambo films what I thought for a long time would be the only Rambo films all Reagan era films 82 85 88 Strong Republican force in this country. Clinton era, nothing. Bush era, 2008, we get Rambo back. Obama era, nothing. Now, Trump, here we are, Rambo Last Blood. I Hmm. think these movies will only come out if there's a Republican in the executive branch. (laughs) I'll be a Democrat just so there's no more Rambo films. We have Stallone back as Rambo, but were either of you surprised he didn't direct this, given that he did the Burma one? Yeah, I figured that was kind of his thing. I don't know who did direct this. I looked him up. I know what a second unit director is. I don't know what, like, a first assistant to the director is. Like, he's got a lot of those credits and one directing credit. The assistant directors are the dicks. The director gets to be nice and everything. The assistant director is the one who screams, Be on set! Extras, move (laughs) over here! Yeah, the one film he did do, Get the Gringo, was written by Mel Gibson. Did he get the job because Get the Gringo is, like, about Mexicans? Here's what I found out looking him up. His name's Adrian Grunberg. He has been living in Mexico for 15 years. He's raising his children in Mexico, so as I understand it, he was not born Mexican. He lives there now. He has umlauts over, like, the U in his last name, so yeah, I don't think that's Mexican. He worked on a number of films with Mel Gibson, including they really became, like, friendly on Apocalypto, where he was one of the first ADs, and after that... Gibson kind of came up to him and started talking to him about doing a film based on an American who ends up in a Mexican prison. And these two co-wrote it together and spent a couple years figuring out the concept and everything. And when the time came, he gave Grunberg his first chance at directing. Now, this was many years ago, though. This is only Grunberg's second film. Get the Gringo, I did watch it. It never got released theatrically here. It was direct-to-video. Gibson had taken many years off from acting after 
his whole meltdown. Yeah. I wonder why. Yes. <laughs> and this was kind of during the beginning of the comeback. I gotta say, it's not a bad film. I actually rather enjoyed it. It is Mel Gibson plays a criminal who runs to Mexico, but is picked up by federales on the border. And because he has about $2 million with him, the federales decide to take the money and throw him in Mexican prison rather than hand him back over to the States. I watched it as well. It's the craziest Mexican prison. This prison is also a city. Your family could come visit you. You could buy heroin and just shoot up. You could get tattoos. You could buy guns. You could uh, rent a tent and sleep with a whore. It is so over the top crazy. Based on a real Mexican prison. What? <laughs> what? I, no, I couldn't believe that. No way. <laughs> I thought it was just over the top fun. But the reason Stallone said he brought in Grunberg is because his style matched what Stallone did in Burma, and he didn't want to have to have a tonal shift. He said he loves Darren Aronofsky and would love to work with Aronofsky, but Aronofsky's Rambo 5 would be a major tonal shift. My personal guess is maybe Stallone or somebody involved in production thought that this could be conceived as a negative stereotype of Mexicans, and so by bringing on a Mexican director, that it might help either A, change the optics, or B, provide insight into how Mexicans live, one or the other. He's not a Mexican, so how is that helping that at all? He lives in Mexico into Stallone? That's all the same thing, I guess. I guess. All I knew going into this was Rambo was back. I don't read reviews before I see the movie, but I do follow David Morell on Twitter. If you guys remember way back when we did the retrospective, I got to interview him about his first blood novel and his interpretation of the two sequels and novelizations. I've heard he didn't like this one. His exact tweet was, this film is a mess, embarrassed to have my name associated with it. Yeah, he has definite versions in his mind of where the character would be, and it's not here. He did write a version or a treatment with Stallone, I read, right after the last Rambo movie. Then they switched back to this one, but it was not anywhere near close to what he and Stallone had envisioned for a last Rambo movie. Yeah, I read it was much more soul-searching and exploring who this character is and what he's become. I don't know if you guys were looking forward to this. What really worried me was that trailer. He says something about a niece, you know, being drugged over the border. And I'm like, oh, are we doing Mexicans are all rapists and drug dealers? Like Trump said when he announced his presidency, like I was really worried. I don't want those broad stereotypes. And it just would cast an ugly shadow over this. So going into this, I was very on edge, but I got there and it was a pretty packed theater. People turned out for it. I had the opposite, Jacob. I had a very empty theater. I saw it opening night. The whole movie theater was empty, not just my theater, but the entire multiplex. So, you know, September is not exactly tentpole season. But, you know, at least, Arnie, how about you? I was going to go Thursday night during the preview screenings, and this is released in IMAX, but not in my town. I have one IMAX screen, and Ad Astra is getting it, which makes more sense to me for the IMAX experience. I was shocked Rambo got the IMAX screen at the theater I go to. Really? I didn't go see it at IMAX, so I don't know how full that one was. Well, because it's not on IMAX, I decided to go to the nicer theater that has all the recliner seats, and they had it in one of the bigger screens. It maybe has, though, because the recliner seats, maybe 75 seats at most. And it was mostly sold out. And so I decided Thursday I didn't feel like going and dealing with it. So I go to a Friday matinee, the same theater. 
almost completely full. Not so full that I had to have strangers sharing the love seat with me. You know how those work with the lift up arms. Yeah. Fortunately, I wasn't canoodling a total stranger during the film, but <laughs> it was really full and I felt really young. Oh, yeah. By 20 <laughs> years, I was the youngest person there. Yes, a lot of old couples. I was sitting next to a very old man, looked like Steve Rogers when he came back from returning the <laughs> Infinity Stones. I don't know if it's because I went to an earlier show on a weekday, but it looked like the retirees came out in force for this. I mean, I'm not talking ancient. There were no walkers. There were no canes. <laughs> but it was an older crowd. My theater, too, had mostly a very nice, eclectic group of different people. It was just only like 10 or 15 people there. One couple did bring their eight or nine-year-old kids, too, which was surprising. And you say the Cinemax is empty. I mean, September's kind of a, still a little bit of a dumping ground. Yep. The movie that is predicted to win the weekend is Downton Abbey's yep. theatrical yes. release. I'm sure that crowd was even older. No, my wife and her friends went to a 10 o'clock in the morning matinee on Friday morning, so they already went. But Rambo Last Blood is expected to come in second, beating Ad Astra. That's the one I wanted to see this weekend, but I had to see <laughs> this one instead. Yeah, me too. Arnie, let's get into a plot summary so we can talk about the movie. For the past 11 years, Sylvester Stallone's iconic John Rambo has led a quiet life running a horse ranch in Arizona. He lives on the ranch with Maria Beltran and helps Maria raise her orphaned 18-year-old niece, Gabrielle. But Gabrielle sneaks off to Mexico to find her birth father who abandoned her as a child. While in Mexico, Gabrielle is taken to a club by her friend Giselle, but it was a trap. Giselle was setting her up with a Mexican cartel who drug Gabrielle and take her to be a human sex slave. Rambo goes to Mexico to find Gabrielle. Wait, are we reviewing the Taken franchise? I know, it's so much Taken. Rambo goes to Mexico to find Gabrielle. He threatens Giselle, who leads Rambo to the club, and from there Rambo finds the cartel run by brothers Victor and Hugo Martinez. The cartel gang members beat up Rambo and carve their mark into his face, leaving him for dead. But he's rescued and nursed back to health by Mexican reporter Carmen Delgado, played by Paz Vega. When he heals, Rambo invades the cartel's stronghold and rescues Gabrielle, but she dies on the road trip back to Arizona from a heroin overdose given to her by the cartel. Rambo goes on the warpath, going back to Mexico and beheading Victor Martinez. Hugo leads his gang into the States to Rambo's Arizona ranch, but the former Vietnam vet has set numerous traps on the farm and in the subterranean tunnels he's dug under the farm. He kills all the cartel members, saving Hugo for last, and he rips out Hugo's still-beating heart so the cartel leader can feel what Rambo felt when Gabrielle died. And with all the Mexicans dead, Rambo literally rides into the sunset on a horse as credits roll. Into a montage? <laughs> So we are given Rambo on a horse farm. I know at the end of the last Rambo film, we saw him going to a house. Rambo was on the mailbox. Here he's, I think, working on the ranch. I took it to be the same house he inherited from his dead father. And now he's raising horses there. And he's quite good at it, by the way. That's amazing steps that horse is doing. Yeah, you'd think he'd do some horse tricks at the end of this movie to kill the bad guys. Nope. That's very hard to do. Well, I'm not a horse expert, but I, I've seen stuff. It's hard to do. Well, he obviously learned it during all his horse riding in Afghanistan, right? I mean, Rambo <laughs> 3, he was all over the horses. <laughs> actually, in real life, Stallone is like a horse nut. That's how he knows how to do that. I think he actually, Stallone was actually doing that with horses. Oh, he wow. He's been riding horses forever. He's just showing off those skills. 
honestly. And if you remember Rambo 3, he rides like Indiana Jones. He's amazing on a horse, but we've never seen him ride a horse before. And he's quite good on the horse. Well, I'd never seen him shoot an exploding arrow before Rambo 2, and he does that well. I never questioned it. (laughs) (laughs) And there's, yeah, a lady there who's not this kid's mom, but an aunt, and he's an uncle. And I don't understand any of these dynamics here. I took it to be a friend that he took in. and I mean, at most, they're friends from like 10 years ago when he came back from Burma. All of Rambo's friends die, Jacob. So for him, <laughs> 10 years is a little friend. <laughs> Don't make friends with him then, because they're going to die here too. <laughs> and the uncle thing was clearly ceremonial, right? I got that, yeah. It's just weird that like this girl, it's not her mom, it's her aunt. And there's a little backstory. Like, I guess this girl's parents were his friends, or at least the mom was, because that dad's a real scumbag. But very little backstory. Yeah, there's a woman there named... Maria, and there's photos, like family photos of Rambo, Maria, and Gabrielle. And so I really was trying to figure out is he married to Maria? Are they boyfriend, girlfriend? They're raising Gabrielle together. This movie that we saw in the States was 89 minutes. I mean, this does not spend a whole lot of time on anything, it gets right to it. But Where it was released internationally earlier, it was over a hundred minutes. They were cutting this thing, and by cutting, I mean taking out, taking out, taking out, till the last second before releasing this. Stallone himself is like, dialogue scene, cut it. And the difference between the two cuts was basically an 11-minute scene taken right off of the beginning. Oh, so just one scene. So all those threads that I'm going to complain about throughout this podcast that are never picked up on, those weren't resolved in cut scenes. If they were, they were scenes cut before the international release. You know, they might have been, if we found the work print cut that probably ran two and a half to three hours, everything gets resolved. But in this international cut, the big difference is that it starts with an action scene in the middle of a flood in Arizona and Rambo comes in and tries to save the drowning hikers because the police say that it's too dangerous and Rambo rides in on horse and he is able to save two of them, but then one wants to go back for his wife who Rambo saw was dead. So he's only able to save one hiker out of the three. That would not play out in this film, like some kind of regret about not being able to save everyone. I guess that's cliffhanger. Like, isn't that his whole motivation in that film? He couldn't save someone falling off a cliff. And yeah, so cut it because it's not going to get resolved in what we're going to talk about. Well, not only that, it kind of undercuts what happens later on. That guy is in retirement. He comes out one more time for someone who means something to him, not just saving random people out of a flood. Yeah, where they felt it tied in is because after this, we got the first triggers to his PTSD, and then he comes home and has a conversation with Maria discussing how when he came back at the end of the last Rambo film, his father used to sit in the rocking chair, and now he sits in that rocking chair on the porch. And then he goes and has more PTSD flashbacks in the tunnels while listening to the doors. So they were going to set up the doors, check off doors. <laughs> I think opening with action is good, but I kind of agree with you, Brock. I like that he comes out of retirement for a reason, whereas what I read on Reddit is that this implies that Rambo is constantly there helping the police save people. Right, which is great, but not the movie we were watching. 
We're going to see at least two gravestones on the property. I have to think some of the deleted scenes would be explaining who died. (laughs) Maybe one is Gabrielle's mother and one is Rambo's father. As far as what has happened to Rambo, he is on medication. We don't know, though, what it is. Having seen the four films he's on, some antipsychotic medications are probably good for him. (laughs) At the very least, give the guy some Xanax. (laughs) It was going to calm him down. It's when he goes off his meds that he goes homicidal in this one. But you got to wonder, this former Vietnam prisoner of war who we saw was held in a hole in the ground. Yeah, why does he have a system of tunnels? Like, this is a thing in Vietnam where you had to crawl through the foxholes to find the Vietnamese soldiers and shoot them. This is not where you want to live. So I thought he had a gun bunker at first, right? I think, okay, I get it. This guy has an air raid shelter gun bunker thing because he's Rambo. No, he's playing Minecraft down there. (laughs) (laughs) He is forging tools. He has a foundry down there. I know. Oh, my God. It's like a gopher. He's like all over the t- It's amazing. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing, like a hamster cage of tunnels. <laughs> yeah, and he's walking down, and obviously it triggers him that we'll see him having flashbacks to the war. Beyond that, is the foundry well ventilated? How do you get the smoke out of the tunnels? There was like a chimney that was going up, and I'm assuming was ventilating outside. <laughs> How smart of you, Artie. It's, you, you don't want him to suffocate down there. It's very kind of you to think about, well, Rambo, we should talk about ventilation. The carbon monoxide poisoning is real, folks. That's why you don't grill in the house. Yeah, I was just having flashbacks to that Friday the 13th reboot where Jason apparently just lives in a system of tunnels. Like, that's crazy. That's what this zombie slasher was doing for years, just digging tunnels, and that's what Rambo's been doing. It is bizarre. I guess it's a way to make a cheap action film because you don't need elaborate sets. The film was fairly inexpensive. You know, it takes place in Arizona and Mexico. It was filmed all in Portugal. I thought Bulgaria. You know, I read Bulgaria online, but I actually stayed for all the credits and Bulgaria was never credited. But the Portugal Tourism Bureau had like five logos in that end credits. Were you waiting for that teaser scene at the end, Arnie, for the next movie? Yes. Yeah. (laughs) When he meets, all of a sudden, Rocky's boxing glove comes out of the ground. (laughs) (laughs) I would pay to see that movie, Stallone versus Stallone. Yes, totally. But according to the actual credits of the film and not anything on IMDb, this was filmed in Portugal. I know there were some pickup shots done because there's a reshoot section of the credits that's very interesting. But yeah, here I think it passes for Arizona really well. And it must have been very easy to find a lot of Hispanic people to star in the film as a Portuguese Latino American. I can say, you know, it works that. Rambo is pretty much the only white person in the film. Yeah, what are all those Latinos going to do in this film? Is it a great depiction? Is it something you'd want to be depicted as? We have Maria and Gabrielle as the plus side of Hispanic life. Yes, those are your good depictions of Latinas. Oh, that's right. There's Carmen. With the gender thing, you did point out something I didn't catch. The only good Latino is a female Latino in this movie. Yeah, check out the doctor guy who was kind to Carmen. But yes, you're absolutely right. And we get a scene here introducing us to Gabrielle. She helps out on the horse farm, but she doesn't show up all the time, leaving Rambo to do it alone. We get this bonding horse riding scene where he's like, why don't you invite your friends over to the tunnels? (laughs) Maybe because that sounds like an Ed Gein party. (laughs) 
I don't know. If I'm going to have a teenage daughter soon, the last thing I want to do is invite a boy over to the tunnels. I don't think that's a good idea. Yeah, hey, go into this vast underground system where I can't monitor you while you're with boys and alcohol. Great idea, John. Well, I'm sure there's surveillance all over that tunnel. Uh, we never see it. We never do see it. Although he does get amazing cell coverage down there, which is remarkable. I was shocked <laughs> with that, yes. <laughs> And not just being a parent of a teenager, but think back to being a teenager. You go to your friend's house and you're weirded out because her dad stares at you the whole time and creeps you out. And so you don't go back until they say, you want to come to his underground tunnels? (laughs) (laughs) What's crazy is he doesn't put his guns or knives away. They are just hanging on the wall. Like, again, as a teenager, we would have been losing fingers. (laughs) This would have turned out disastrous. (laughs) We see Gabrielle has a boyfriend, I think, who's like trying to pressure her into a kiss and she doesn't want it. I really thought this was going to come back. Like, these characters would matter. (laughs) Nothing comes back in this, Artie. Nothing. Besides these tunnels. I would think a third grader wrote this script because so many things are set up that are never mentioned again. Maria says to Rambo, you don't even let me in those tunnels. Again, I thought it might be his wife. I'm like, (laughs) why would you let your niece in but not me? That implies I'm more important than your niece. That implies Rambo's sleeping with this lady. This is set up to show that he's protective of Gabrielle, I think, except I'm sure she's gone to parties before and he didn't offer the tunnels. I think he just wanted her around one more night before she goes off to college, is my take on it, that they're feeling a little bit of empty nest. She is going to college. She has a bright future, a lot going on, except she got a call at the party from Giselle, who Maria describes her as a bad girl who Maria was happy when Giselle left and moved to Mexico. She was a schoolmate of Gabrielle's. Giselle has found her father, who there's so little backstory. It all comes after the facts. So I'm like, okay, what's the deal with her father? But yeah, she's found her father, who I guess she's been looking for. They have a conversation earlier at the house when they were not to go that he would beat her mother and was not there through the cancer and abandoned you later. So we got a gist of who the guy was, but I thought he was going to be a real violent drug kingpin the way they were. That's what I thought the movie was going. And when Giselle brings her to the father, what he actually was doing in Mexico and who he was was not what I expected. I expected more of a generic movie drug lord kind of guy, and he was a guy with a family. I have to think that there is a draft of this film somewhere. Hell, maybe it was even filmed where this dad is like the crime lord behind everything. Because otherwise, why introduce the father and why all the speeches about how black his heart is and men like that never change and I should have killed him? I mean, this is a lot of overblown hysterics about a guy who just abandoned his child. I mean, at least this movie doesn't go so far as to say a Mexican will force his daughter into forced human trafficking and prostitution. I was thinking it was going there. I didn't think she was actually going to meet the dad, though. I thought this was all just a ruse by Giselle to sell her into slavery. Yeah, that hurts me, too. I did want to bring up one thing, though. The whole thing about people don't change. Didn't she call out, well, look at you. You changed. Didn't he say something like, I didn't change. I'm trying to keep a lid on it. I laughed out loud that (laughs) Rambo keeping a lid on it because the thought of Rambo is basically the Hulk. I'm always angry. Yeah, remember him shooting a machine gun for 45 minutes and killing the Burmese? Like, yeah, he's really kept a lid on that. (laughs) A solo soldier standing there and he shoots him with an explosive tipped arrow. And this is Rambo, you know, keeping a lid on it. It's funny to think that Rambo's keeping a lid on it. I'm looking for for character moments because in movies that's what you have you have a character and they have an arc and this is called last blood i'm thinking okay he's gonna die in here he's gonna have some realization and this is gonna be it maybe he's gonna walk away that's why it's last blood he's gonna put down the knife and the guns 
there's no character work in this. I don't understand these speeches. He's having flashbacks that are never going to come up again. I don't know what his struggle is. I'm trying to figure out if it's even possible that he would live 11 years just on a horse ranch. I mean, he had such PTSD, and when we first were introduced to him, he was a homeless drifter. He's come a long way and really made a life for himself since we've seen him travel the globe and just live this monastic lifestyle we'd seen in other movies. Here, he's a functional adult. Part of that also is he speaks more than one sentence at a time. He's actually verbal and has opinions and has relationships, and that's unlike a Rambo we've ever seen before. So he definitely has changed, right? But perhaps it is the pills, or perhaps it's just age, or perhaps it's because he's retired. I mean, he's still making knives down in that foundry, like that Damascus steel letter opener to give to, to Gabrielle. I agree. Like, he's definitely not exactly completely changed, but there are aspects of who he is that we haven't seen since the very, very, very beginning of First Blood. If you recall that opening scene when he goes to visit his friend at that house, that he was you know, a little bit talkative and open and wanted to share and just wanted to look, you know, for friends. And that's a side of Rambo we haven't seen in four movies. So, yeah, it's there, but it's kind of a stretch to say <laughs> he's changed. He's, at least he's trying to change. Yeah, but this movie is, if you're bad, you're bad. If you're a drug dealer in Mexico, that's all you're ever going to be. Because Gabrielle's going to tell Rambo, hey, I want to go see my dad. And he's like, you don't know how black a man's heart could be. Like, this is such a fear based movie i get it like you're curious about wanting to meet your dad and here's this dude just saying no he's evil and people have black hearts and there's just darkness and you don't change people do not change if you're born bad you're bad forever like that is an awful message and this movie should also only be 10 minutes long because hey rambo just go with gabrielle down to mexico escort her like let her get that out of her system you got a point there that i hadn't considered about yeah me too about escorting her down there i asked my wife i'm like if our daughter was like i want to go meet my real dad in mexico and you're like no and she's going okay i'm gonna go to my friend's house my wife's like no i absolutely know she's gonna go down to mexico and i'm gonna take her car keys away and tie her up i am not gonna let her leave like bad parenting it is really obvious but the way she pulls over on the side of the road, was she actually thinking of going to her friend's house and then like pulls over, debates it for a few seconds and then goes to Mexico? Yeah, that's the way they played it, that she had a change of mind. But I honestly thought she was headed to Mexico the whole time anyway. I thought so as well, because Giselle, Giselle, maybe they still dress like this with the huge hair and the flannel shirts with just the top button done. I don't know. I'm not in a gang, but I just wonder what their research was. I don't know that there was a whole lot of research. <laughs> <laughs> yes, that's what I'm saying. I don't know yes. that there was a whole lot of research. But I knew instantly that Giselle was not to be trusted. It was foreshadowed with Maria saying she's a bad girl. And I noticed the color palette of this film, because we're in Arizona, we get all the colors we'd expect, right? Everything's kind of a brown, yellow. But when we get to Giselle's apartment, the whole inside is red. I'm like, oh, that's a warning sign. If you didn't get just from the actress's obvious performance that Giselle's going to be bad, everything in the staging of this set, I mean... The pot on her stove is red. The walls are red. Everything in there. Her shirt is red. Other than the dance scene, I think this is the most color in the movie. And then when Rambo comes back later to talk to her, they don't light it the same. It all looks black. You don't get the same warning. 
And then nothing in this apartment of Giselle's screamed squalor to me. I felt like if Giselle is the same age as Gabrielle, the fact that she has her own place, the fact that she's living alone, her power isn't shut off, there's no eviction notices. She's doing good for herself. That's how I took it. And around that time, it first occurred to me, and it came to be true later, it kind of felt like a Death Wish movie to me. And I started to feel it that way right there when they were setting the niece up to get Taken. I know Taken, obviously, is in everyone's mind, but to me, it's more of a death wish that he's going to come back and hunt them down and kill them all. Did you guys get a death wish vibe this early? Oh, no, I got it from the beginning because I knew from the trailer something about his niece getting drugged and disappearing. So I'm like, okay, this is going to be a revenge story about going after whoever took the niece. Yeah, I didn't really think death wish. I guess I should have. I just had taken on my mind the entire time because it's so similar. I did too. I expected Rambo to say he had a certain set of skills. (laughs) His set of skills sucks. (laughs) I think he learned everything he knew from uh, Kevin of Home Alone, but... Yeah, we'll yeah. talk about it. <laughs> yeah, we'll, do it. we'll get there. But this does have a Death Wish feel, especially with the horrible things that happened to Gabrielle. I mean, yeah. this girl who had a bright future, this film is going to have no pity on her. Yeah, first of all, when she goes and meets her dad, again, this is so over the top. Like, he obviously has no soul. And I know that there's people that exist that would say this, but... It stretches credibility. Like, what's the median reaction? Wouldn't you just be like, look, your mom died. I just couldn't handle it. I had to leave. Sorry, I moved on. Nice to meet you. I hope you have a great life. Like, the fact that he is so... Everyone should have 12-foot-long mustaches that they could twirl in this film. It's so over the top. <laughs> it was the second movie this year where somebody finds a birth parent just to be told, yeah, I never really wanted you. I was thinking of Shazam. Oh, yeah, Shazam, but they did it much nicer. Yeah, it felt more realistic. <laughs> this dad is like, I, I, I never wanted you. And when your mom died of cancer, I had no reason to stick around. Like, poof. Of all the stuff in the movie, I can't say I liked it. It's a hard scene, but it certainly played well, and those two actors did it quite well, actually. That was a nice emotional scene for both of those actors. Compliments where compliments do. Okay, when she goes and sees Giselle, oh, you still a virgin? I'm like, okay, they're gonna, look, it's the virgin who's gonna be raped and murdered and whatever. Like, they are just trying to pull every string because there's no emotion to this. There's nothing to grasp onto, so they gotta do the most shocking things to try to make you feel sympathy. I agree, though, with what you guys said earlier that I thought there was no father and Giselle was just completely setting her up. What does having the father be there do to aid this movie at all? I try to figure it out, but this father never helps the plot. And Rambo's going to go to this father later on, too, and... Nothing happens to this father. He's just there to be completely cruel. Rambo does blame everything on the father, which is a bit of a stretch. I don't want a victim blame, but Gabrielle made the choice to go down to Mexico. This was a very reckless decision. Here's my real question. I checked my politics at the door when going to see this movie, okay? I knew this was going to be somewhat inflammatory to a portion of the viewing audience because it's white American soldier versus Mexicans who are going to come to the States illegally, abduct an American citizen. But the only thing I can think of as to why this father is there is to show all Mexicans are bad and Mexican men don't stay and raise their families. Is that what it was saying? Is it to be just negative about all Mexicans? There's nothing flattering about Mexicans in this film, especially Mexican men. Unless you're a doctor that's willing to uh, do some surgery on the side for free. 
I don't want to say this is racist because it's showing Mexicans being rapists and drug dealers. That does exist. My wife lived in Mexico for three or four months when she was in college as part of a, a Spanish learning program. And she's like, no, it didn't look like this. They did tell us like by 9 p.m. Probably you want to be indoors because things could get a little rough, but there's no balance here. Everything we see in Mexico is just awful. And yes, we do see them go to a club, a very hip club for this town. I mean, it's a nice nightclub, but I see some guy talking to her. I'm like, oh boy, she got to watch her drink. He's going to drug her drink. And yes, he drugs her drink and fade to black. Yeah. That's the last we see from Mexico. The next thing is just seeing Maria tell Rambo, Gabrielle's been gone. Yeah. And Giselle calls Maria saying, oh, she never came back. I guess she's trying to set up that she's not a suspect here because she was concerned. Yeah. She probably covered her asses. Eh, not great. <laughs> they call it out later too, which is shitty. I mean, like maybe they had to try to call it out, but I thought it was clear to me that she called to cover her behind. But Rambo goes down, looks for her, which makes sense. But the way he does it is very Detective Rambo. You know, Detective Rambo is not something we've seen before. I didn't think he was detective enough as things will play out. But yeah, he'll go see Giselle. And again, it's this very threatening, sticks the knife in the table. And I'm like, okay, Giselle's bad. I'm guessing she sold her into slavery. We'll find that out pretty quickly. But I'm like, do I want to see Rambo gut a 17-year-old girl? Well, no, wait a minute, Jacob. The reason he puts the knife in the table besides not getting the answers he wants is he sees the bracelet on her arm that was Gabrielle's mother. Yeah, and I'm like, oh, is he going to cut her hand off and take the bracelet? I don't think <laughs> I ever see him take the bracelet. He'll have it later, but I, I was watching that. I'm like, he didn't take the bracelet, but then he'll have it. The funny thing is that bracelet is never mentioned before, but when Gabrielle goes to Giselle's apartment, there's this random close-up yes. of yes. it that I think is telling me Giselle is gazing at the bracelet, but it's such a random shot with no context. It's clumsy storytelling. <laughs> it's got to be a pickup shot, too. It's like Lucas forgetting to show Obi-Wan take Anakin's lightsaber in Revenge of the Sith. Oops. Yeah, he's got to have that lightsaber, so let's reshoot that moment. I feel like this is the same thing. I completely got the POV shot of her because also her eyes darted, so it worked, Arnie, but yeah, it's completely an insert shot to make sure that we all understand how Rambo came to that conclusion later, but that's what I'm talking about, Detective Rambo thinking because it goes from the dad you know, and then the dad leads him to Giselle and Giselle leads him to the club like any detective would follow the clues to go along. So quickly, though, it takes almost no time. And yes, I did wonder if he'd kill Giselle because as this movie ends, this is going to be the last time we see Giselle as he lets her go once she takes him to the club. So she's still there to lure all her other friends down here. <laughs> like, come down, let's have a party. Yeah, again, I don't want to see him kill a 17 year old girl or a 17 year old boy for that matter. Awful people, let's get the authorities involved, but I guess this is Mexico, so the authorities won't do anything, according to Rambo's worldview. So here's the thing. He gets to the club, and this is the first time we see Paz Vega, who I swore was Tina Fey for a second, with David Cassidy <laughs> hair. She's sitting at the bar, and I'm thinking to myself, oh, the feds are here. The feds are investigating these guys, too. And... I was hoping that would be the part where the feds come in and help Rambo, and they're not. We learn later on she's a journalist. Yeah, you're talking about Carmen, and I had a very different reaction because we've seen Rambo again. We had some hallucinations at the beginning, or at least some flashbacks. He's taking some kind of medication that he throws away. So I'm like, she's got that feathered hair, just like Sloan did in First Blood, Part One. Oh. I'm like, it looks kind of feminine, but she's wearing that army green jacket. I'm like, did they de-age Stallone? Are they trying to do a CGI <laughs> Stallone where he's going to like have what? hallucinations of himself throughout this film? That actor looks a little feminine, but no, we'll f quickly find out. But it's 
there's just a couple of seconds because I'm trying to piece you set up things in the beginning they should play out throughout the film so I'm like okay is he going to see himself like as younger and this is going to be part of his journey wow Jacob what a deep dive man <laughs> that'd be awesome though uh, yeah I'm diving from a very high diving board into a very shallow pool <laughs> yes, with this film you are. wow how wonderfully clever Jacob I love this plot I would love to see how that would play out but unfortunately we just not the movie we're watching right now no it's not and I thought she was going to try to stop Rambo because I'm like, oh, is she trying to kill these Martinez brothers? She's eyeing Rambo. She knows what he's doing. She's a better detective than he ever is. She's second build in this movie. She does virtually nothing. She does nothing. She really exists just for two beats of the film. Somebody has to rescue Rambo so he doesn't just die in the streets. And then somebody has to tell Rambo where Victor lives. And I think... Rambo could have just followed Victor from the forced brothel to Victor's house. Yeah, I thought she was going to be at the end, like, helping him do the Home Alone stuff. Yeah. I mean, I was looking at, like, the Julie Benz character from the fourth Rambo film or something, and I thought, this movie kind of reminds me of Rambo 2 in a lot of ways, and I thought maybe they were going to go with the romance thing here, where he romances a native the way he romanced the Vietnamese woman in Rambo 2. But no, this actress, who we've reviewed once before, I don't know if you remember Plaster of Paris from Frank Miller's The Spirit. <laughs> oh, man, I don't want to remember that movie. She second build does nothing. I got to wonder how much of her is on that cutting room floor. So the next scene, Rambo steps into it and he follows... He kidnaps El Flacco, one of these henchmen. I guess he's the one that's putting the roofies in the drinks and taking the girls to the brothel. But, like, very gratuitous. I know this film got a lot of criticism for how over-the-top the violence is. I don't have a problem with that. But he's, like, what, ripping his clavicle bone out? I'm like, you're just going to put him into shock. You're not going to get any information from him ripping his bones out like that. I didn't know what bone that was. I thought it was a rib. I couldn't figure that out. I, clearly, the knife went into his leg, which I thought was sending a message. But pulling his bone out of his, I guess it was his clavicle, right? Because it's right there up the top near his shoulder. I couldn't tell what that was because he hits him in the chest with the handle of his knife and then stabs him in the leg with the blade and then starts pulling something white out. I'm like, is that a bone? It's definitely a bone. <laughs> it was just strange. It was just really strange. And then a guy takes him to someone's house? Where did he take him? I couldn't figure it out. It was a fortress. I guess where all the gangsters hung out? It's not the actual brothel where Gabrielle's gonna be, and you call him Detective Rambo. This guy sucks. Like, he just walks in. <laughs> I guess he does finally notice, like, 50 people surrounding him, but it takes him a while. He realizes he's been spotted, and it just doesn't seem like the tactical military guy that I remember from the other films. Right, and that's where I'm going with this also. The tactical military guy was not there. He was not taking him out one by one like he did before. He's not infiltrating the fortress. And furthermore, we see something that we haven't seen before. Rambo gets his ass kicked. Now, Rambo's 72 years old here, and he walked into a lion's den, and all those things are true. But that's something we've never seen before. Now, we've seen Rambo get beat up before when he's captured already, right? But we've never seen him actually lose a fight or get beat this badly or threatened or anything like that before and to this extent. Or kept alive for the most contrived reasons. Rambo always gets his ass kicked. I think that's one of the defining features. I think of Rambo 1 when he was in the prison and they beat him with a stick and Rambo 2 where they torture him. Yes, but if he's captured, he gets beat up. We've never seen him lose a fight. Like, we've never seen him in a fight and lose and get beat up like this, ever. Yeah, they'll show us a vulnerable Rambo, like in 3, where he's got to cauterize the wound. Like, they don't do the Dwayne Johnson, Jason Statham thing, where they're only allowed to be punched once in a film. But, we, yeah, we've never seen a full-on gang just take him out. 
what Stallone said about this, there wasn't a whole lot of press for this movie. There wasn't a lot of in-depth things. There were no interviews with the director I was able to find. But Stallone did quite a bit of talking. He goes, most action guys never really get their ass kicked. I mean, really on the ground with somebody on them thumping away. You'd be shocked at how many guys will not get bruised up. They think it diminishes their character's extraordinary ability. But me, I think it enhances the character, so it's a choice I make in every movie. Stallone likes his character to get whipped down so that he can rise above. Arnie, I hear you. We saw him sew himself back up in First Blood. We see him get injured all the time in these movies. What I'm saying is we don't see him get beat up to the point of death outside of being in a prison camp. When he camp gets, I guess maybe you could count this because, right, he is already captured and then gets beat up. So technically speaking, maybe he is in that same situation that he was in in Rambo 2 when he was being tortured. Here's captured already and he's getting beat up. I thought they were just going to jump him into the gang at this point because they come up with the dumbest reasons not to just shoot him. Like, oh, this girl means nothing to me, so I'm going to let you live with that memory that she's going to be raped and drugged and killed, and I won't even know her name, I won't know who she is, but you're going to live with that memory. By the way, cut him, let's scar him up. Like, no, just shoot the guy. Yeah, I do not understand this. If you're going to let him live, take him hostage, tie him up, and force him to watch what happens to Gabrielle. Make him watch, yeah. I mean, that's more punishment, to just leave him there bleeding do they think he's going to die? I mean, they don't finish him off. They scar him. And I don't know what would have happened if Carmen hadn't been there. That scar is gone by the end of this film, basically. Like, they barely scar him, even though they're like, cut him deep. But yeah, Carmen's going to show up and he's take him back to her place where she knows a doctor and where they set something else up that never pays off. Like, that doctor's like, he's got a concussion. He's going to be sensitive to light and sound. Ah, so in the climax, that's going to be a vulnerable point for him. Nope, never comes back. That concussion means nothing. They do show her apartment has all the pictures of the brothers and the strings and all that kind of stuff that she's putting things together. I want to know what paper she works for. Like, I don't even know if she's a credible journalist. <laughs> we'll find out she has a vendetta, too, because someone was kidnapped by these guys and eventually died and found in the streets. I don't know who she's selling her story to. It's an online blog, actually. It's a, <laughs> very popular. It's BuzzFeed. <laughs> They'll break it. Yeah, Carmen nurses him back thanks to the help of this doctor we never see again. Then we finally get what we want. Rambo on a rampage going like he did in that scene in First Blood where he goes in and is stealthy and killing everybody. He doesn't have a gun. He doesn't have a knife. He has a hammer. And man... I never want a hammer claw to the balls. I'm just going to say. <laughs> <laughs> well, don't become a sex trafficker then. <laughs> yes. And that's why, Arnie. There's a life lesson for you. That's the only reason why. Too. Is that a job hazard for a sex trafficker? Well, no, it, it is because I stopped thinking about Taken at this moment and I thought of another film. I don't know if you saw the Joaquin Phoenix film, You Were Never Really There, where he's an ex-military FBI guy that gets hired to rescue girls who have been sold into sex slavery and like he goes to save one and he uses a hammer and that's a much better film if you want that reflective film on what does it mean to have ptsd and the effects of war still on your mind there's your film for you the audience i was with there were some cheers when rambo cut that guy's balls off and there were some cheers later on at moments in the movie that oh yeah people were clapping and yeah getting into it i mean i, I thought of thor for a moment and had a laugh for myself <laughs> <laughs> I don't think this is an Endgame reference. No, I, I just don't think so either. But I was like, I had a fun th thought about it. Like, Stallone wants more of that Marvel money. So he's <laughs> throwing out a hammer. 
And Thor would be so much awesomer if he cut people's balls off with the claw side. <laughs> he needs a claw side on Mjolnir. Yeah. <laughs> Aim for the ball sack, Thor. Here is like bad decision number 342 so far in this film. The fact that Rambo just didn't go down with Gabrielle. So she, you know, they've been shooting her up with heroin, I'm guessing. She's got all these marks in her and she's like barely conscious when he takes her. Like, he knows a doctor. Go back to Carmen. Get that doctor. You're going to try to hoof it across the border with her? Like, why she's overdosing? No, just, you know a doctor. Take her to that doctor. Let him treat her. Yes, I know that this movie has a lot of dangerous Mexican characters. But I have to think if you went to a hospital, yes, not everybody there is going to be cartel associated and let her die. I'm just surprised you didn't stop by an appliance store to buy refrigerators stuff her body in. Like, the, uh, this is the worst example of women in refrigerators. Like, we're going to kill this young, pretty girl who's got her full life ahead of her to justify this man's rage. He even says it's revenge. Is that a negative in this film, then? Look, that's why people want to see a Rambo film. I'm just calling out the trope. It is so obvious why they kill this niece. I mean, you can say there's also this weird puritanical, well, it's better that she die instead of go on living with this trauma as a rape victim and with her face scarred. Like, again, we can overcome our traumas. We can move on, but not Rambo. It's all about getting mired down in that, and I feel like, yeah, let's just kill her. Like, we're gonna do awful things to her and then kill her so Rambo has motivation to do awful things throughout the rest of this film. And again, that's what people probably want coming into this film. He does get that wonderful speech with the reporter about how revenge is good, and don't you want revenge too? And that gets him to get an address from her, and then we never see her again. I guess you had to kill the girl. I felt bad for the girl dying. When she died, I realized, of course, she had to die. But it could have motivated Rambo if she was in a vegetative state, to a certain extent, right? <laughs> it could have worked. You didn't have to kill her. I was hoping she was going to be rehabilitated and go with Rambo, and she could actually use that Damascus steel letter opener that he was making her. I think he does use it in the end, but I thought that would be a bigger deal. Yeah, he does use that as part of the end, but he has so many knives. So many knives. To... So yes. many knives, yes. <laughs> so this is where I thought when he was driving that, how do you get across the border? He doesn't have a driver's license. How is he going to possibly do that? And then I guess Rambo guns it and crosses the border over that little fence, which... Of course, now, maybe he's a supporter of Donald Trump's giant wall. We'll see a wall later. Like, I, I guess it's just not long enough. They haven't built that portion yet. I guess not. So that's what, you know, one of those justifications that people are going to use about why we need the giant wall there so we can drive right through. I thought that was incredibly remarkable how easy he crossed the border and nobody was there. But again, they needed to get him back to Arizona for the tunnel fight that they set up earlier. So I guess they just let that go. But... Getting across the border was so easy, and the fact that he stops briefly at the barbed wire fence, telling the audience, all it takes is for me to floor the gas, and look, I, an American, broke into America. If I can do it, think about what the Mexicans can do. And that's going to work for some people? Because I'm thinking about this film, what if... This was just an exploitation film. What if this was like a 70s or 80s exploitation film that some people with a little bit of money, they came across a box of squibs and they're like, let's make a movie where you blow these off. And like, there's just a different tone to those kind of movies where I could go with it more. Like, yeah, they're going to have racism in it probably, but it's going to apply to everyone in the film. Like everyone's going to be a stereotype. This film is just so dark and brooding and 
I try not to think about it in this film, but this film just kept reminding me of that. Like it's going to have its politics on its sleeve and it's hard to ignore. I'm going to not let that tinge my view of whether or not this movie has merit. But this film wants you to think of those things. Like you have to take that in consideration if the film wants you to think about that. I'm not making a judgment. I just think that that is something you can't escape here. So, so Rambo goes back to Arizona and starts up with the traps and stuff, brings the body back home. Sends Maria away. I'll give a shout out to the score here. Brian Tyler. Here is where he starts to bring in haunting melodies from the older films. I felt like up to here, we haven't heard any of that first blood kind of music, let alone the big anthem for Rambo. But here he starts bringing in some of the lonely man notes as they're taking the pictures off the wall. I remember that. Do they ever play the big anthem? Because this is the only time I recall hearing that classic score. I, I, the climax, all I can think about is the doors. So I don't even know if that big anthem comes in, which felt a little weird like it was a nice little moment hearing the classic score come in here he brings back nods to it the way i'd equate it is it's similar to how john williams used a bit of the imperial march when he did the phantom menace when dealing with little anakin he had some of the same notes we hear some of the same notes during the tunnel chase at the end but it's not until the end credits during this montage we'll talk about that you really get the because I think we're not supposed to be well I mean why would this movie exist if we aren't supposed to be cheering the deaths but people yes <laughs> they want you to cheer the slaughter of these Mexican gangsters but yeah, we're going to get a montage that, you know, the it's not quite the suiting up montage, but it's the setting the traps montage. I'm like, oh, is he just assuming they're coming for him? I know this movie's only 90 minutes. I guess we're just going to make a bunch of assumptions at this point, but he's going to go antagonize them some more. But Jacob, Chekhov's driver's license. You kept on bringing it up earlier. Yeah, I knew that. But I'm like, that's quite the assumption by him. Like, I guess maybe they'd want to come after him because he killed three of their yes. doormen. And took the girl back. They said, we're going to make an example out of this girl. So as soon as he took her away and went into that brothel and got her out, I said, okay, they're going to come for him because they know where he lives. I assumed that completely. I was right there with Rambo, actually. I was just shocked that it was like, go straight into this montage. No, I hear you. But once he started setting traps, what was strange to me was he went back to Mexico. So that's when it occurred to me that it was strange. Yeah, because they weren't going to come for him. I guess he was tired of waiting. <laughs> Yeah, because those traps had to take a while to set up. That wasn't like a day's worth of work. He's digging more tunnels. When you see those tunnels explode and realize how vast that system is, it is crazy. And we see him in, with a backhoe digging more of them. I don't think that he dug more tunnels. He actually weakened some of the supports, just setting more traps. I saw that, yeah. I, I also got to ask, okay, I know Arizona, they're more liberal when it comes to gun laws. Can you buy claymores? That's not a thing you could own, right? Those are explosive bombs. Like, you can't buy grenades. This is one thing I did not even think about questioning. He's Rambo. He has artillery. <laughs> That's all there is to it. You got to think, though, that Rambo has a way of getting things that the average person would not. <laughs> Because he's got a black heart and he has not changed. So he's got claymores lying around just in case. Maybe he bought them in Mexico. <laughs> there you go. That Show me that deleted scene. But I was surprised we never get his exploding arrow tips. Those are like iconic Rambo. We see him setting up the bows and multiple bows, but never an exploding arrow tip. Everything else is going to blow up. I did like that he brought back the spiky thing that springs up. That was in First Blood, if you recall. He got one of the cops with those spiky things in the legs. Of course, here he blows his head off afterwards. But I thought that was really cool he was setting him up here. I'm like, oh boy, it's like, a, it's like definitely we've seen him set up traps before, right? Yeah, no, I love that he had a map just like 
Kevin in Home Alone, where he like marked where all his traps were going to be. He had his micro machines on the floor right there, yes. but paint cans on strings to hit him in the head. Of course, I thought of Home Alone. We also thought, we talked about this in Skyfall when James Bond was setting up traps in his mansion that he all of a sudden had, just like Rambo all of a sudden has these tunnels. But again, we have seen Rambo set traps before. So it was kind of nice that he threw back to the first blood in that he was setting this up, of course, with a very different intention. But they're not going to come for him. I mean, all he did was kill a few guys and take Gabrielle. I don't think they're willing to come and start a war in the States for that. He has to go down and this time it's personal and make sure that they come after him by, again, needing Carmen to find out where Victor lives. And then here is a true montage of carnage. Really, what hit me watching this is how little action we've had in this action movie and how little Rambo's done. He went to Mexico, pounded on a door, threatened a girl, and then got his ass kicked. It's not until now that we finally start getting Rambo, and we're halfway through this movie. That's why I'm so shocked when we do get to the climax, because I'm like, well, surely there needs to be, like, another big action scene. You can't just have, like, he's going to throw some knives and hit some people with a hammer. You're not going to get a big action scene until the end, and you get pretty consistent action through those other ones. So one of my big reasons this doesn't feel like a Rambo film, and I understand he's older and it's a different kind of Rambo. I get that kind of aspect of it, but at the same time, Rambo films have a certain way about them. Even the first movie has a way that you can see how the other two came after it. it. Big derivations, but this one does not feel like it belongs in this series at all, and it's a big reason is because it's missing a lot of these beats. Well, I felt like the Burma one missed quite a bit of action in the beginning, too. True, but when it, <laughs> it had a lot of action, just Rambo wasn't doing it. Other people were doing the violence, right? And then you had, when he did come to play, uh, Rambo, he was there. Like, that was a Rambo movie regardless. But this one, even at the last scene, even with these last action scenes, it still felt enough like a Rambo movie, I guess, but not enough for me to really feel this belongs in the rest, with the rest of the series. I want to know how hard Rambo throws things. He throws these knives at the speed of bullets because they are going so fast, they're penetrating skulls, breastbones. Look, the dude's ripped. I get that. I don't know if you could do these with knives, though. Knife throwing is very fast. I mean, it may not be bullet fast, but... Uh, he is penetrating some, again, skull. Like, at times, that knife is, like, coming out the other side. My issue with this whole movie is it's, it's kind of not feeling like a Rambo movie to me in, in a lot of senses. And here, again, we have a throwback to Rambo, taking them out one at a time using these different kinds of cool, sneaky ways that we've seen him do before. So I wasn't thinking about how hard it is in your... I'm not disagreeing with you. I think you're right. But I didn't think about it. I was just happy that he's back in a Rambo-type mode. See, I and I like Rambo 1. I still think that's a legit good film. 2, I got some reservations about it and what it does. But as an action film, it's good. And I just feel those are more grounded. Like, look, I get that he's going to like take out helicopters and stuff. But it's nothing crazy like a tank taking out a helicopter in Part 3. But this one, this feels more like Part 4 to me. And it's just a different aesthetic. I like a... Again, weirdly saying this, a more grounded Rambo. I completely see where you're coming from. I just like that this is more Rambo than a very talkative Rambo having a horse ranch. This is much more back into what Rambo movies are. Yeah, I agree. So as I was enjoying that aspect that we're finally getting the Rambo movie from the title. And he was taking these guys out brutally, yes, in ways that we haven't seen Rambo do before with tools that we don't really see Rambo use all thin like, like that. But then again, 
it's more closer to Rambo than what we've seen already. It reminds me a lot of Rambo, the fourth film. I mean, I hate that they called it Rambo because it does get really confusing. But that Rambo film in Burma also felt like they were going for a different type of aesthetic, a little less explosion-y and a little bit more gritty. Here we're going to see them use that shaky stutter cam again, where not too often, but every once in a while, the action is going to be enhanced by removing some frames and making it feel like Gladiator and some of those other movies from the early 2000s. So I just think there's a way that they want to be more realistic with it that Maybe it works. I'm not quite sure how realistic some of this is, though, like you say, with piercing a skull with a knife. They're definitely going grim and gritty. Yeah, ultimately, this is going to end up in the reveal that he is beheaded Victor. Like, cut that head off. And he takes the head with him and, like, just dumps it out because for comedic effect, like, the crowd laughed. Oh, yeah. Like, just driving down the road. Like, wouldn't you, like, have that laying on the bed, maybe, like, shit on it or something? Make a real statement. Like, the head's just, like, missing now and it's sitting on the side of the highway. My audience loved that moment. Oh, yeah. No, it got a big laugh. I thought of the logistics as well. Like, how much blood is now in the truck? (laughs) Was he leaving a trail of breadcrumbs? I mean, did he take a limb and leave it so that they could follow him to his ranch? What is going on here? But I don't want to see Rambo take a shit on anything. (laughs) He's taking a shit on Mexico in this film. (laughs) I could see leaving the head in the hands or something instead of tossing it on the side of the road. He put the picture of the girl with the knife so he can clearly tell him it's me, right? Like they wouldn't be able to figure that out. Right. Just in case he couldn't figure it out. I thought breadcrumbs too, Arnie. You thought he was trying to like, here I am, here I come. And that's It was a strange way to do it, I admit. But um, that's what I thought he was doing. Was that blood to help lead him to where he illegally crossed the border? Because they're all going to get in their SUVs, start driving to the US. And again, this is where you get the shot of the big, beautiful wall. And I'm like, why would you show that if they're going to just end up in the state? Like they don't even show us how they get across the border. Again, everybody's assuming what the politics of this movie are. Is this saying that even if Trump built a wall, it's not going to stop anything? Because this cartel, they like have a hatch, walk under the wall, come out another hatch, and then they get their cars and guns. Well, so the cars and guns were on the U.S. side already? Yeah. I did not see this. Did you see the international cut? I, I don't remember this at all. They walk down some stairs in a dirt. And then you see the wall, and then you see them come up the stairs in America into, like, a storeroom with guns and cars. That, that's crazier than them just driving through that barbed wire fence. Yeah, I think that's why there's an entire caravan of Mexicans coming into Arizona, is to show us how easy it is. I, that's the political message I took from it. Before they get there, we have a little mini montage of Rambo finishing up the traps and getting things ready to go. And then the guys drive up and first blood is drawn, if you will, when one of the cars drives over a landmine. And then all of a sudden the big river of fire comes up from that big trophy did before. And then the guys get out of the car. And I'm thinking to myself, why aren't there landmines all over the front yard? And they can end it right there. Because Rambo makes horrible decisions in this film throughout. So yeah, he places traps everywhere and invites them into the tunnels where he could have really done a lot more damage outside. I did like this moment because they all got to like go through this little pathway and they, they were approaching the barn and we saw him like pull like a grain dispenser or something up there. And it's like a sprinkler system shooting gasoline all over him so he could shoot them with these magnesium bullets that, you know, have big flames coming out. And that was kind of fun. Yeah, I liked that it was a good way to take a bunch out at the beginning. There's a lot of guys here, and 
it's going to be very difficult to keep up with who's dying in which man. Yeah, it doesn't matter. What's weird to me is like they're going to get into the tunnels and I'm thinking, okay, these are just a bunch of gangsters. All of a sudden, though, they're SWAT tactical soldiers like doing hand motions and everything. Yeah. I'm like, okay, this is not what you set up. I agree. I thought they all had knowledge of how to use the guns and how to do tactical and that. I mean, one guy does have a gold AK-47. It is not an AK-47. <laughs> how do you know? You a gun expert? I wanted to know because on Rambo's wall, I thought I saw an AK-47. I went and I did my research here and I found, you know, the Internet Movie Database. Add a letter to it, and you're at the Internet Movie Firearms database. Oh, no. And it identifies every gun in this film, and it looks like that would be a Norinco Type 56 one plated gold. Our listeners that are gun people appreciate that, that you clarified. Yeah, I thought so, too, and I don't want to say anything. I don't want to show off my <laughs> talents of knowing the difference between those two, but, you know, yeah, you're right. Totally right. I couldn't really see the, the muzzle on that to figure it out. And I thought Rambo had on the wall an AK-47. That's what I was really looking at, is what is Rambo's rifle, because right now, AKs are very much in the news, and if they're wanting to send a message about the wall, would they want to send a message by specifically having Rambo use an AK-47? No, he uses an M16A1 with a 30-round magazine. All right. This doesn't mean anything to me. I just know they shoot bullets. It is a variant of the AR-15. Okay, that's the one that everyone uses for the mass shooting. That's the one you always hear about in the news. So I guess they are sending that message. I don't know. We need our AR-15s to stop the invaders. It is the well-regulated militia? <laughs> Rambo is the well-regulated militia. So, so when we do horror movie retrospectives, we typically go through the kills and how different clever kills were and we talk about how they were done and like we did child's play earlier this year and we talked about the various kinds of methods of death right so i was trying to keep up with the various methods of death in these tunnels thinking that we might talk about it a little bit but about after like five or six they were coming so fast and furious i could not write down fast enough and i figured you know what it doesn't matter no it doesn't none of these people are characters that we've i wouldn't say cared about but that we're invested in it all like Oh, I hope he gets a cool death. I don't care. I know they're just all going to die. It did occur to me that this tunnel sequence is reminiscent of Rambo 3 when he's running around with Troutman killing those guys in those tunnels in the jail. So finally, another callback to a Rambo moment that we've known, albeit a little, a little thin, but it's still, we've seen Rambo do this sort of thing before, and it's a nice little callback for those of us who remember Rambo 3. My wife, she's like, oh, the best part is I got to hear a door song. I guess he does that to just throw him off and they can't hear him creeping around. Which song was it? I couldn't understand which song it was. Did you catch which one it was? Yeah, the song's title is Five to One, which is a military song. It was written about the Vietnam War because they were saying that one in every five is getting drafted, and Jim Morrison wrote that song about it. But its most famous lyric is, no one here gets out alive. And I think oh. that's what was okay. the message being sent here. Yes, very on the nose. <laughs> I just never pictured Rambo being a Doors fan, but who knows? Maybe he's like, I gotta find the perfect song to play. And this is the one he came up with. It would make sense that Rambo in Nam would have listened to the music of the 60s and the early 70s. Agreed. So the Doors, he just, he hasn't kept up with the new music. Although he did <laughs> tell Maria he liked what Gabrielle and her friends were listening to at their party. <laughs> So I did the body count here. I wanted to get Rambo's kill count because we had that on our site way back in 2011 when we did the series. Did we really? <laughs> I don't remember that. Yep. Rambo kills 45 in this movie. He kills four rescuing Gabrielle. He kills four when he beheads the crime boss. 
There's 37 kills. Now, I'm guessing four people in the truck that exploded. I, they, I didn't actually see them. But if there were four in there, I count 37 deaths here. Too much? Or is this what we needed for a Rambo film? I mean, it, it feels like a lot less than he killed in Burma. I didn't even realize there was like 30-something gangsters coming to get him over the border. I, it, it felt maybe like 15. It felt about half of that. Oh, no. No, it felt like 30 guys for sure. Are you counting Denise's death in that body count or only the ones that Rambo kills? No, I'm counting Rambo's kill count. I would count it from being a neglectful caretaker when he should have just gone down to Mexico with her. <laughs> That's cruel, man. Oh, my. The blackness of Jacob's heart, it never oh changes. My goodness. Oh, my Lord. <laughs> It's dark, man. But when watching it, I felt like it was a lot of slaughter. But when I think about how Rambo films have ended since part two, I mean, part one, he blew up a town, but we could like to think he didn't hurt anybody except for Troutman. But Rambo two, he's flying that chopper and blowing up all those Vietnamese and Rambo three, killing all the Russians. Rambo four, I don't think there's anybody left in Burma. So... <laughs> I guess this is what a Rambo film is. It's following the formula, right? I guess maybe in that aspect. I don't know. I'd, I've never been obsessed with what the body count is in a Rambo film. Well, check nowplayingpodcast.com. We list it all. <laughs> <laughs> the one kill like that, I just really rolled my eyes hard. We see him like drill a hole and he's got a pole and I guess he's just waiting for someone to walk by and the guy like sees the hole and like looks through it and he like stabs him through the head. Okay, I you can anticipate that. I didn't have a problem with that. But the fact that then he drops down and he dug another hole through the wall so he could cut a dude's leg off like that walks up. Oh, again, cheers in my audience at the cutting the leg off. Oh, people were cheering the stuff. I just, I'm like, oh, you can see into the future now if you're able to predict that. I loved it. I loved that one. That was my favorite kill of the whole thing. I thought that was so clever because he was so far ahead of them on that. Other ones did feel like paint cans to the head or like... Yeah, it's just a bunch of like nails going into their face. Right. This was amazing that he had the foresight to think... Too amazing. Amazing. It was amazing. He is really doing overkill because he also sawed off his shotgun. I could look up the model if you'd like me to. <laughs> no, that's okay. <laughs> I know it's a shotgun. I, I mean, I know a handgun is different than a rifle. Yes, and a shotgun. Yes, go on. He saws it off. He shoots one guy in the head and it, the guy's head blows off, right? Like, there's nothing left above the nose. He still double taps that motherfucker in the chest. I'm like, I don't think you need to. He knows the rules. You double tap. Yes. And then those guys <laughs> fall onto the spikes through a trap door, and they're, like, impaled, crucified, however you want to describe it. They are dead on those spikes. He comes with that not an AK-47 and just shoots the fuck out of them i'm like wow you they're dead already no and critics complain about the violence in this but i'd be like oh yeah this would be a really fun exploitation film with how over the top it is i can't not think that this is a Lionsgate film oh absolutely yeah oh, for sure you know Lionsgate is known for doing a lot of these really violent films I mean, they did Punisher Warzone, which I didn't like the film, but that opening is great. Yeah, and it had a lot of that violence, and they did Saw, you know, and some of this violence here is reminding me of Saw. There's one guy, and it's even in the Red Band trailer, so I've seen this like four or five times, where something happens to him, and like, he gets cut, like, his forehead, 
and his nose. Oh, old Steve Rogers next to me. Like I thought he was gonna like stand up and give it a, a standing ovation. He really liked that kill. I can't figure out what happened to him. I mean, I know it was a trap. Neither can I. Like I just know his head became cut open. Yeah, like a letter E. Yeah, it was, <laughs> it was like, like e. yeah, totally. I couldn't figure out which trap did it. And how it did it, it's all so fast. But that guy, I'm surprised Rambo didn't show up to shoot him a few times just in case. Also, it's tactically, I'm no tactician or army guy at all, but I do know if, if the guys are on the spikes, for example, in, in that pit, for Rambo to go over there and shoot them also is tactically a bad move, right? Because people come from behind you and get you and hear where you are. So on top of all of it, it seemed like it was not the wisest move to make from that perspective. Did he have tunnels under the tunnels? Because that's like, what I'm wondering. How did he dig this deep pit when he's already in the tunnel? Like, you can't bring a backhoe down there to do that. And I'm trying to figure out how he shoots people and then disappears in a <laughs> door or a hole to come out someplace else. He should have covered himself in mud like in part two so he could <laughs> just blend it into those walls. You mentioned the Friday the 13th movie with the tunnels. In a way, this is like a slasher film. If you took all the deaths of a slasher film and compressed them into a five-minute scene <laughs> scored to the doors. I'm surprised he didn't show up with needle fingers like Freddy to slash people. But he does get injured like throughout all this like I think he's collapsing a tunnel and they're able to get a bullet off and it like shoots him in the side and they act like oh this is serious. He's gonna die. I'm like isn't that the same spot he was shot in in part three? Just cauterize that wound again. <laughs> and he gets shot in the shoulder as well. I guess he's 70 so it's different. I was really being pulled out of this movie thinking oh of course Hugo's gonna be the last one I mean there's so much carnage so many traps what are the odds that Hugo is the last one and not goon number 18 being the last one but we see Rambo he has a shot at Hugo he's saving Hugo for last and he's even gonna say I could have killed you 10 times so it's nice to see there was a reason for this cliche of movies where it's the leader of the bad guys who always dies last and I do like that he leads him out with the lights so he can set it up also. So yeah, they did call it out. Everything you just said, Arnie, I completely agree with you with because it was being, he had a shot and he didn't take it on purpose. And that at least they did something right in, in this whole thing about setting up a cliche for us. But then of course, what happens next is a little unexpected. I have not laughed this hard since I watched Edward chew a vampire baby out of Bella's stomach. In the last Twilight film, I think, same thing. I was the only one laughing because this he's going to cut out his black heart, which, I don't know, looked pretty red to me. Like, looked like a normal heart. But he's going to pull out a beating heart. I love the sound effect that it is still beating. Just that bass, thump, 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 for a couple beats as Hugo is able to see his heart beat as he finally dies. At this point, it's Michael Myers, Jason, Freddy, whatever slasher you want to pick. Like I was thinking Mola Ron from yep. Temple of Doom. Oh, that's right. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Totally. Why did that heart start on fire? But guys, we also get Rambo with a bow. He pins him against the wall with four shots, which, you know, Rambo with a bow is what we all want to see, right? So that was kind of cool. We got a fanboy moment with the bow before he goes Mola Ram and and takes the heart out. It was not kind of funny. We showed it earlier. He was shooting playing cards, so he still has his aim. And then that was kind of cool that they get they use it in the climax because he hadn't have a bow and arrow throughout the whole thing. Yeah, it's one of the few times they set something up and it actually paid off. I just want to see Rambo with a bow. I mean, if I'm, <laughs> I, 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 it's amazing to me that I'm the one who's waxing nostalgic of the three of us for a Rambo movie to be more like a Rambo movie because every time there have these moments of what previous Rambo movies were there, pieces and parts, I'm enjoying that the most. My problem is they don't have anything to say about this character. Like we're gonna get a monologue here at the end. He comes off like Rambo. 
Let's have, like, me and you, Brock, Arnie, just just step aside. Get some therapy. You're suffering. You got PTSD. You went through traumatic stuff in Vietnam. All of the just get some therapy. I think that would really help you out. Like, stop killing people. Did you guys, okay, you guys could come back in. Did you guys wonder, like, what's going to happen? Like, obviously, like, cops are going to have to show up or something. Is he going to bury all these SUVs, all these bodies? Like, he's going to have to explain this. First of all, I think he has seen a shrink. Where else did he get those antipsychotic meds that he threw on the ground? I mean, <laughs> he was taking some sort of psychotropic drug. My wife's theory was he had actually tunneled to Mexico. He was helping El Chapo out to escape and in turn was getting opioids because you just can't get those anymore in the States. But then also, he is so far out on that ranch is anybody coming? I mean, I don't think cops regularly drive by farmland in my state. That may be true. I had the same thought. How is he going to clean up this mess? And then when he collapses all the tunnels at the end, I'm like, well, thank goodness he had a plan for that. Because he buried everybody underground when he collapsed all the tunnels. But it's the SUVs in the front of the house. Like, how is he going to explain this? I have no idea. Because honestly, he's going to prison for murder. Yes. Regardless. I mean, I know it's self-defense. It really is self-defense. But then again, he was also prepared for it with all the explosive. He knew it was coming. He went over the border and just straight up murdered a guy. Like, that, that is still murder. Yeah, but that's across the border. There's no U.S. jurisdiction there. Apparently, there's no cops at all there. Yeah. Well, no, they're there to protect the bad guys, as we'll see when they go to that house here's the weird thing for me again with this film where it has nothing to say he had this whole conversation with carmen where she's like oh i'm gonna expose this and he's like what that's that's not gonna change anything that's pointless you gotta take action and she's like no you grieve and you move on and what has rambo changed here like has he end all the rapists and drug dealers in mexico no like he hasn't accomplished anything like he didn't free any of the other girls he tried and they wouldn't go and that really i understand it sells me on how much they've been psychologically beaten into submission. Sure. But yes, yeah. he never goes back and saves them. Does he call the feds? Like, does he call Trump up and go, look, you got to call this out. Trump would have been happy to call out this kind of thing going on and, and, and getting some kind of exposure on it. He doesn't do anything to change things. But this is about him getting revenge. You know, I went and I watched the trailers and there are lines in the trailers that never made it into the movie, as you might imagine, because unless you're in China, it's probably in those scenes. And there's lines like you started this, I'll end it. But I think that there had to be more. We, we get this monologue about how he will continue to survive so that the memory of his loved ones live on. But it's not like he has loved ones who will remember him when he dies. I mean, is he telling us he's immortal? Their memories will live forever. I'm like, are you threatening me with a Rambo movie for every Republican presidency? No, die from that bullet wound, please. That's what confused me about the monologue, is obviously Rambo likes to have monologues and his movies. I've been talking about how much I'm enjoying some of these things are bringing back from other movies or references. This is one I could have done without. But he's sitting there on the rocking chair, dying with his bullet wounds, and then he's talking about the memories. I'm like, wait a minute. The sun is setting behind him, literally, on the rocking chair. So I thought he was going to pass away on the rocking chair yeah. right there. But he's sitting there rocking, and it would fade to black, and it would have a really nice way. I thought they were implying he dies right there, but the monologue contradicts that. And Arnie brought it up earlier in the plot summary. After the credits, when they do all the film montages of, of all the past four films, they show him on a horse riding off towards the mountains, even though it's not technically a sunset, you don't see the sunset anymore. I'm like, why? Wait, 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 wait. He's good enough? He's healthy enough to ride off towards the mountains? Or is that a flashback from earlier in the movie? I got the impression he got off the rocking chair and rode off towards the mountains. I thought they ruined what they had with him dying on the rocking chair porch. 
Brock, you talked about this ending montage and Rambo riding off into the sunset. I thought it was hilarious when they start doing that montage of all the Rambo films because I'm waiting for three. I'm like, are they going to show the <laughs> Taliban in there? Nope. They show him riding some horses, shooting some arrows. You'd think he was solo in that film. I just thought that type of editing was funny. I thought it was really funny, too. They showed him shooting up the computers. I thought it was a big monumental movie moment to show us. <laughs> Shoot up all those computers from part two. The montage is completely chronological. So they had so many scenes from part one. I'm like, are they going to show the other ones? And then they finally get to two. I must have blinked. I didn't see the 2008 film. I didn't see a single scene from it. He's, he grabs a snake. I remember that from that film. Oh, that's right. Again, I stayed for all the credits and I saw, you know, the footage from the first three movies thanks to this studio and footage from the fourth one courtesy of Lionsgate loaning to itself, I guess. But I never understand how media companies handled all that shit. So I know it was there, but I didn't see it. Yeah, they basically show the snake, and I think him showing that machine gun, because my wife's never seen a Rambo movie, and I'm like, yeah, that goes on for like 45 minutes in that movie. Yeah, it was the big gun on the back of that truck thing. That's what they were showing us. That's all. Yeah. Yeah, that's the iconic shot from that movie. Indeed. And they even put this film in the montage at the end. Why would you, why would you put this film you just saw in the end montage in order like that? I mean, I get Freddy's dead, they did it, but that was intercutting all the films together here it felt weird that this film was in there it is weird i expected him to die in this film i felt like he was upset he got snubbed for supporting actor and creed because he didn't kill himself he would have killed himself he might have got it but he didn't want to die in that one so in stallone's weird mind he was gonna be like okay i'll do it in rambo and i'll die and i'll finally get that golden statue but i don't think he's dead at the end yeah, I agree. I think they were going for a Logan thing here, right? And this would have been another way to do that. But if they are implying that he may have died or may have not have died, they missed it completely. That's not what the monologue tells you. Yeah, it, they contradict themselves. Yeah, and it's a stupid way for Rambo to die because he didn't save his niece. He wouldn't have died for anything noble. He would have died for death's sake. Logan died to save the mutants. Right. He didn't die to save the sex slaves. It would have been a bad death. And I mean, I know that the title, Last Blood, implies the end of the franchise. We start with First Blood, here's Last Blood. Oh, he's threatening more, according to Wikipedia. Yeah, he has plans for him continuing, he also has plans for a prequel that would go back and see Rambo in his teenage years as a very popular kid in school, a great athlete, and then how he goes to Vietnam and that changes him. Oh, okay, so it wouldn't be like that Hannibal Rising movie where he turns it like into a ninja when he's a teenager and starts killing people. We'd actually have a story arc and see him change through Vietnam. That's the understanding, but I don't know how you have Stallone in that unless it's a framing story where Stallone sitting on that rocking chair. <laughs> yeah. Like, I remember when I was in high school. I don't think there's enough computers to de-age him to a teenager. <laughs> I, <laughs> I think he went on record saying he wouldn't be in it. He'd buy me directed or write it, but he was not going to be in that one. Please don't write or direct it. Just, just let someone else do it. Or don't do it at all. How about that? Yes, I would prefer that. Yes. <laughs> and it all, I think it all depends who wins the next presidency. But let's see who wins this movie over. Jacob, Arnie, do you recommend Rambo Last Blood? 
Jacob. Arnie, you you kept saying leave your politics at the door. And I want to say I went into this trying to do that because I had some preconceived notions what Stallone might do. I know what the political environment this movie is coming out in. I tried to do that, but this movie just kept reminding me of its politics. So I'm just going to say I'm not going to give it a recommend or not recommend based on those politics because some people will like those politics and that will make it a recommend for them. So I'm just saying, you know, I'm not an open borders guy. Yes, let's regulate that border. But this depiction of Mexico, I think, is pretty horrendous. So if that is troubling to you, you probably don't want to see this. As for just judging this film, putting those trying to put those politics aside, it is poorly written. There's no characters. There are things set up that never play out. Maybe they will when it comes out in Sweden or wherever they're getting that extra 10 minutes. There's more emotional death. We talked about Home Alone. There's more emotional death than Home Alone. Like, I I got more feelings for Kevin McAllister being reunited with his mom than I feel for anything in this movie. It's bad, but it's also got that exciting action because I do like that. And again, I said if this was just a cheaper more exploitative film. I mean, it's pretty exploitative, but you know what I mean? More in that kind of genre where just more of a sense of fun. I I think that is my problem is that Stallone wants to make this so dark and gritty and it's also just kind of cartoonish with all these traps and hearts being pulled out while they're still beating. I can't take it seriously. And because of its poor writing, I just, I'm, I'm able to comfortably say not recommend. Arnie. I agree with you, Jacob, in that, yes, I leave my politics 100% at the door. Whether I agree with this, disagree with this, come down somewhere in the middle. So, all that aside, how is this as a Rambo film? And I have the quote-unquote distinction of being the person who recommended the Burma film, because I thought it had decent enough action, you know? I thought that seeing Rambo back in action was satisfying, and the story was better than Rambo 3, you know? I mean, that's still, to me, the nadir of the series. Yeah, teaming up with Osama bin Laden to fight the Russians. Even pre-9-11, that was a bad movie, though. I (laughs) I mean, seriously... It was a stupid and bad movie with Rambo and Richard Crenna running through Afghanistan. It never was good. So this is better than that. And I found myself right on the border here because I love some of the kills. I think there's a lot of fun when Rambo gets going. And I can't say the movie drags. It's 89 minutes. I was surprised. Oh, it feels like 20 minutes. Yeah, I mean, it's like 20 minutes when Rambo gets to Mexico and starts his killing. I was like, damn, we wasted no time on setup and dialogue here. And yet, there still are wasted scenes because there's stuff, like you've said, that does not pay off. So either way I do this, it's going to be either a really weak recommend or a really weak not recommend. I think I'm going to go really weak not recommend just because there are better Taken films out there. There are better (laughs) Death Wish films out there. I like the stuff in the tunnels, but man, I can't turn my brain off enough to make me realize how ridiculous some of it is, too. It's almost a recommend from me. It really is. There, If you like Rambo, I think you're going to find stuff to like in this, but... I wish that I could understand a justification for this movie to exist. I wish I had seen Rambo accomplish something. I feel like Mexican cartels are like Hydra. Cut off one head, two more will take its place. And he cut off one head. I don't. He didn't help anything. So, weak, not recommend. I'm going to echo what you both said about politics. That's not factoring into anything here I'm about to say about my recommend or not recommend about the movie. I had gone into this, it's called Last Blood. So I had really thought perhaps they're going to go back to First Blood and give us a smaller movie. They did. 
I was hoping that they would come back with Rambo as a more mature person and not try to make him go back into a war zone and be all Rambo-y. And they sort of did that. They did not go back into a war zone. They went into a more modern situation, which is, again, plus for them. But, you know, Rocky Balboa needs to get back in the ring if it's a Rocky Balboa movie. In Creed movies, it's called Creed, not Rocky, right? So he's not has to go back in the ring, thank goodness. But even in Rocky Balboa, he had to get back in that ring. And the issue I'm having with this movie was... It felt like a Death Wish movie. I mentioned that before. I thought they were going for Logan and they missed. It felt like Home Alone at times. We talked about all these other films that it felt like. And even though they gave us homages to what Rambo movies are about, this is not a Rambo movie. I know Rambo's older. And obviously, it would it'd be very interesting if they did a Logan-type Rambo movie where he was drawn back in. Even here, they gave us the reasons for him to do that. It just didn't feel like Rambo. I pointed out all the times where I thought it did feel like Rambo, and that's great, but the fact of the matter is, this is Stallone's Death Wish and not a Rambo movie. So, while I did enjoy some of the kills in the tunnels, and I did enjoy that part the most, I'm not recommending this movie. It's not a Rambo movie. It's not a good one for this series. It's unfortunate I had hopes that it was going to be good. And here's the funny thing. The last movie I wasn't crazy about, and... They had all this over-the-top violence and over-the-top villains and all that, but it found a way to get Rambo back into the shit, right? They did, but here, the shit that he got in, it wasn't... Yes, the first movie had a small-town sheriff, and that was the deal, but here, he took out a small thing, it wasn't... But nothing was solved. Yeah, that first one was making a statement. It wasn't really about right. the sheriff. That was making a statement about the soldiers. The other ones, yeah, he goes off to different countries and they're big wars. Right, that's what Rambo turned into. And Rambo series, when you think of Rambo series, so if you're going to go back to the first one and make a statement, do it. They didn't do that here. If they're going to make a statement about an old man like Logan and this and that, then do that. They didn't do that here. What we got instead was a cross between a horror movie and a Death Wish movie and all that kind of stuff. So the answer is no. Not recommend from me, but I did like some parts of the movie. It's not a terrible movie. I've seen much worse movies, but it's just not a good one. Not recommend from Brock. I mean, I just kind of walked out of it with that feeling of, yeah, it was a movie. It was diverting. Kind of like that, fine. I just I just don't feel like I can endorse it. But I wouldn't necessarily be opposed if Rambo came back again. I mean, I know this is titled Last Blood, but X-Men 3 was titled The Last Stand, and we still got, what, five or six more of those? The final chapter, part four of Fire to the 13th. Yeah, so I wouldn't be opposed to seeing Stallone revisit this character again. I'd like to see it be a bit more Rambo. I mean, I don't know what you could necessarily do that would be more him. I mean, he's so old, I don't want to see him go to North Korea and fight that. But I also think he was a product of Vietnam, and I think that's why the first two movies embody the character best. Yeah, and I just don't know how much that holds up. Vietnam vets, as you can see with Stallone, not that he's a vet, but they're getting old. I have an uncle who's a Vietnam vet. He's in his 70s. I'm not saying update it and reboot it with someone from the war in Afghanistan or something. I would like to see something more contemplative if you're going to do old Rambo. Like, again, go back to that first film and find something to say about Vietnam and what it means this many years later. If you just want to shoot someone fighting people in another country, blowing stuff up, it doesn't need to be a Rambo film. Is that what a Rambo film became, though, in those sequels? I mean, but then again, nobody really liked part three. That's why it killed the franchise yeah. for a long time. Right. No, I get that. But that's what we think of when we think of Rambo. Is we, and then the fourth movie capitalized on that, that we're thinking about that. The only one I champion is the first one. Like, that's the only one I feel I could give, like, a hearty recommend to. I know I recommended two as an action film, but I, I feel like one, even though it's a B movie, it, it had some heart to it. It had something to say. And, and so that's what I gravitate towards. And... 
I would love the idea of getting David Morrell back for a final go. You know, if they really sat down with Morrell and Stallone in the past and tried to get them together, I mean, let's remember, in Morrell's book, Rambo was irredeemable. Rambo was too far gone, and it ends with an assisted suicide. Troutman helping Rambo kill himself. So to see a final, if you want to do to Rambo what they did with Logan, a final death, a reason for it, I do think Morrell would be the person to go to. He is still political enough. I just don't think those two would get along. I mean, I felt like First Blood was kind of a a liberal film, anti-establishment. The cops were the bad guys. Oh, yeah. The cops were the bad guys, and it was sympathy for these baby killers coming back from Vietnam. I mean, as people criticized them for being, not my thoughts. Yeah, I know. And it's kind of a hard line to because also the hippies were anti-Vietnam, and they were the ones calling them baby killers. So depending which way it goes. But I think getting those two together and maybe finding a bridge, I'd like to see that movie. I mean, we've seen... In the Creed films, Stallone can act. I just have never seen him do it as Rambo, (laughs) except that first film. Now, what Stallone has said, though, is he has an idea for Rambo 6 on an Indian reservation. Oh, no. Well, I guess he'd be helping him out. I can't imagine he's going to fight the Indians. I would hope he's helping them. I hope not, because I already not recommend, and I'm I'm not putting my politics aside for that one. <laughs> like on a casino? Like what do we? Do? <laughs> the house always wins, Rambo. What are you gonna do? But he does have Indian descent. We learn in the second movie, <laughs> if you recall. True. Yes. Yeah, he's gonna find his long lost brother or something. <laughs> I do want to add that Bollywood has scheduled a movie. I saw this, yeah. <laughs> called Rambo, for coming out next year, starring Tiger Shroff, and it's directed by Siddharth Anand. I might be missaying these names, so my apologies. But they are remaking it. It is a remake, reboot, made for Indian audiences in India, and that's coming out next year. I'm going to hunt that down, because I don't know if you saw this clip that went viral, like on Twitter, of some Bollywood movie of these soldiers, it kind of looks like 300, and they like catapult off of palm trees, like six of them, and they form into a circle and, and you know, with their shields so they can block arrows, and they like land in the castle to fight. Like, it is crazy looking. I could only hope their version of Rambo is as absurd as that clip was. And for what I can tell, it is entitled Rambo. I think it it's is. part of this franchise. <laughs> I think it's part of the series. I think we'll need to review it. Whenever we can hunt it down. <laughs> the guy in the poster has scars on his chest. It is exactly a remake of Rambo. There's no question about it. We may have to come back for this one. It's apparently coming out October of next year in India. When we'll be able to see it here in the States is up for debate. Anyway, if you enjoyed our Return to the Rambo series, check out the other Rambo movies we've reviewed and hundreds more in our archive sections at nowplayingpodcast.com. Of course, we have new shows every week. Arnie, what is coming up next? Well, next week, we're getting back to Charlie's Angels. It seems we're every other week we're doing Charlie's Angels, and every other week we're doing a theatrical release. We did the original Charlie's Angels TV pilot last week, Rambo this week. Next week, the 2000s Charlie's Angels movie with Cameron Diaz, Drew Barrymore, Bill Murray, and Lucy Liu. The week after that... We're going back to theaters with Joker. And if you are in New York City or going for New York Comic Con, Marjorie and I are hosting a viewing party of Joker. You can come to our Facebook page, register there. We're going to be getting together a little bit before the movie, just kind of 
hanging out, and then all going to see Joker in Manhattan. So details that are on our Facebook page. And we did that last year for Venom and had a great time. Had about like 20 people show up to see Venom. More than Brock's theater for Rambo. <laughs> Hope we're able to do that again for Joker, which I mean, I recommended Venom, but Joker's looking better. <laughs> yeah, that, I mean, people are talking Academy Awards, so probably want to get your tickets early. And then this Friday, if you are our silver donor as we lead up to Zombieland and Zombieland Double Tap. We are doing the I Am Legend series. We're doing the second episode of that, The Omega Man, the 70s Charlton Heston film. Charlton Heston in a deserted wasteland with zombies, Jawas, something in hoods that keep trying to kill him. It's hard to tell with those costumes. Yeah, it's, the costumes are strange. <laughs> Druids, yeah, it, it's bizarre. <laughs> it's a strange one, yeah. You can hear Stuart Jacob and I review all the I Am Legend films. The Vincent Price, The Last Man on Earth came out last Friday. Omega Man this Friday. And then Will Smith's hit I Am Legend next Friday. You can find all the details about our donation drive at nowplayingpodcast.com forward slash donate that is quite a slate and what an eclectic thing i don't know charlie's angels and the omega man have been said in the same sentence before that's amazing totally different things and then throw in joker on top of it we're all over the place at now playing that's one of the greatest things about this show is i like how eclectic now playing is with their reviews i have enjoyed coming back to talk to both of you uh, and hopefully we'll do it again very soon whenever that may be i'll talk to you then you did everything to make this private war happen you've done enough damage This mission is over, Rambo. Do you understand me? This mission is over! Thank you for listening to this episode of Now Playing's Rambo Retrospective Series. It's over, Johnny. It's over! Nothing is over! Nothing! You just don't turn it off! You asked me, I didn't ask you! You can find the other episodes in this Rambo Retrospective Series at NowPlayingPodcast.com in the archive section, as well as our review of other classic movie series including Predator, Terminator, Star Trek, The Karate Kid, A Nightmare on Elm Street, and many more. You're the only one I trust. Be sure to visit BooksAndNachos.com to hear Arnie's reviews of each of David Morrell's Rambo novels and an interview with the author. I'm just amazed that he allowed any of your posse to live. You're lucky to be breathing. If you enjoyed this podcast, please leave a positive review for us on iTunes. A link to our iTunes feed can be found at our website, nowplayingpodcast.com. I'm giving you a direct order to withdraw from this project. You can also support Now Playing by making a donation using the donate button at the bottom of our homepage. Your donations help keep Now Playing on the air. John, I told you that I'd help you when I could. You can also follow Now Playing on Facebook and Twitter, where we post new episodes and the Now Playing hosts post movie mini-reviews. Links to our social media pages are at nowplayingpodcast.com. If you're looking for trouble, you came to the right place, buddy. Now Playing Podcast is produced and edited by Arnie Carvalho. And there's a one of us that doesn't want to be someplace else. But this is what we do. The Rambo films are the intellectual property of their respective trademark holders, and no infringement is intended. The law, not here, it's me. The opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the individual hosts and may not reflect the opinions of Vinganza Media Incorporated. Live for nothing, or die for something. Now Playing is a Vinganza Media production, copyright 2019. And no part of this show may be reproduced, repurposed, or redistributed without the written permission of Venganza Media Incorporated. All rights reserved.
The movie that is predicted to win the weekend is Downton Abbey's yep. theatrical yes. release. I'm sure that crowd was even older. No, my wife and her friends went to a 10 o'clock in the morning matinee on Friday morning. So they already <laughs> went. So Is your wife 90? <laughs> Rock likes mold. You know, we all have our tastes, Jacob. <laughs> hey, I ain't judging. She's loaded, if you know what I mean. I mean, anyway. <laughs> In her depends. Yeah. Uh, oh, I meant, okay. I meant financially, and it came out totally wrong. She's loaded, if you know what I mean. <laughs> she dropped a load. Yeah. All right, then. Hold on a second. She's calling. The, the life alert just went off. Hold on a second. <laughs> She's, She's falling. falling. She can't, can't get, get up. up. She can't get up. <laughs> And Gail Tormo wasn't available because I know Stallone would love to work with Gail Tormo. Gail Del Tormo? Yeah, is that like up. the Del Toro ripoff at Troma Films? I'm Del Tormo. There you go. <laughs> it's the asylum version. <laughs> I, I, I love that kind of quote. I'd love to work with Aronofsky. Of course you would, Stallone. Of course you would. Give me a break. What was funny is because he is so old and Maria is so old and Gabrielle is a high school student, all I could think of with Maria was Aunt May and how old Aunt May was in the comics and in the Sam Raimi films compared to Peter. And like here, I, I guess it was kind of a reverse Spider-Man. You had to have the teenager die so that Uncle Ben could go kill people. <laughs> That's the next Spider-Man, the fourth reboot. <laughs> oh, man. Uncle Ben is Spider-Man. It's kind of a funny idea. <laughs> I'm surprised they haven't done a what if comic on it. And maybe it does exist. <laughs> Honestly, and if you remember Rambo 3, he rides like Indiana Jones. He's amazing on a horse, but we've never seen him ride a horse before, and he's quite good on the horse. Well, I'd never seen him shoot an exploding arrow before Rambo 2, and he does that well. I never questioned it. <laughs> and that's why he and Brigitte Nielsen broke up. <laughs> because she was the horse he was riding? I don't follow that. Oh, okay. I just... <laughs> I'm gonna... Okay. Wherever your imagination takes you. And it's a nice little callback for those of us who remember Rambo 3, or the parts we kind of like of Rambo 3. <laughs> yeah, you should not remember a lot of Rambo 3, except when the tank takes on a helicopter head-on. And I'm your worst nightmare. Which is a great line. It is. It's, it's, yeah, a, it's a great line. I have not laughed this hard since I watched Edward chew a vampire baby out of Bella's stomach in the last Twilight film, I think. Did Bella live through that? Yes! It, oh, it's so <laughs> really? crazy. Yeah, of course. She becomes a vampire. Well, they, she becomes a vampire too, so I guess it's all right. It's a vampire C-section, basically. Like, it is. I was almost on the floor. I was laughing so hard when I saw that in theaters. The 2000s Charlie's Angels movie with Cameron Diaz, Drew Barrymore, Bill Murray, and Lucy Liu. Did you read that in the order yeah. of their billing? Because why wouldn't you put the three girls together? Yeah, why not? I just, because I like Bill Murray more than Lucy Liu, and so I did it in order of my preference. <laughs> oh, okay, because I have the same thought. Like, why would you make Lucy Liu next to Drew Barrymore, man? What the hell? It's Charlie's I, Angels. I mean, it is kind of a sneak peek into our thoughts of that film. <laughs> and But there's so many other people in it. Crispin Glover. Tom Green. LL Cool J, the beginning, right? Yeah, LL Cool right? J is going to show up. Yeah. <laughs> the cameo. All these people before Tom Green, before Lucy Liu. Sam Rockwell actually was quite good <laughs> yeah. in that movie. Yeah. Yeah. So all, 
<laughs> yes, all of those people can be billed before Lucy Liu in my mind. <laughs> Melissa McCarthy, she shows up. Her before Lucy Liu? No, no, no. <laughs> okay, that, that's a, st- a step too far for you, Arnie. <laughs> <laughs> She's barely in the movie. I'm going in an order of okay. importance to the movie. <laughs> I didn't put the tech who rubs his head in Lucy Liu's breasts above Lucy Liu either. <laughs> but Tom you're Green very, and LL Cool J. Okay, yeah, you're very, you're very generous, Arnie. Thank you. <laughs> 